You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, October 4th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, uh, Baseball FYI, uh, and Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for, or maybe pop culture stuff. I've written at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse Play Discussing bloody disgusting film cred uh inverse whatever and many more and hopefully many more to come but most importantly guys of this year lockdown padres podcast check out the twitter page for the show which is at lo underscore padres or my personal account which is at javapeno that's spelled j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o if you can see me pointing right now that means you're watching the youtube that's right guys there's a youtube version of the show that you could check out locked on padres on youtube very, very exciting stuff, guys. Thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. In today's episode, first of all, if you're watching the YouTube version, I must say, first of all, thank you. Subscribe, everybody. I appreciate the likes and everything. You are noticing that no glasses. This is the first no glasses edition. This is the first, you know, uh, the, the yeah, first no glasses edition of Lockdown Padres on the old on the old YouTube, which is funny. I love going like this, by the way, with my eyes. Cause then it like, I, I I like crack my eyelids. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you always, if you also pull them like this, this is terrible content for the eyelids. You kind of like pull them that like you pull like your eyelid and then you pull it back. And then when you open it, it kind of has that weird like sound. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Anyway, moving on today's episode, guys, we are talking about this last series of the 2021 Padres giving a little bit of a, a farewell salute. Uh, I don't know if it deserves a salute to be honest though. I don't think it deserves the Warriors salute. I think it deserves more of a, Hmm. A burial, a Viking funeral, dare I say. <laughs> you know what I mean? But even that connotates some level of respect, right? I don't know. Because uh, this season was a mess, obviously, as I think we've been talking about on this podcast. And everywhere, it's not a unique take to say that the Padres were an absolute metric, you know, colossal disaster uh, in the second half for sure. Finishing their final season with a record, not final season, finishing their season with a final record of 79 and 83. 79 and 83. Oh, yeah. That's right. Four games under 500. Uh, it's just disgraceful. Um, it, just incredible. It's just incredible. Like, I don't really. What did they go? 11 and 39 in the second half. I'm trying to just find it really quickly. Yes. They started 60 and 44, 19 and 39 down the stretch. I mean. That's just insane. Like, it's genuinely insane how bad they were. But let's get to the games first before we break that down, guys. First of all, Friday's game, not much to report here. Starting for the Padres is Pedro Avila, uh, who made his kind of like Padres debut for at least this season, I should say. Uh, He actually pitched in 2019, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, 2019, he had five and a third innings pitched. He goes four innings in this game. Gives up one earned run, two total, but only one earned run. Walks three, strikes out five. Not much to report here. Manny Machado isn't in the lineup, so 
that's why there was uh, no scoring. Or at least it is it is not a coincidence, I think, that the scoring that we get zero runs. The one game that we scored no runs this weekend, the lowest output of the weekend in terms of the offense, is the game that Manny Machado wasn't in. Manny Machado deserves a lot of credit for clearly still, <clears throat> in my best Jace Tingler voice as possible, I mean, he battled out there. You know, he's battling out there. You know, he, he clearly at least gave a little bit of a crap at the end of the season. He said, you know, what? I'm just still going to go out there and like play. You know what I mean? And you might not always be able to say that about a lot of other plays in baseball. So shout out to Manny Machado. Uh, but in this game, Darren Ruff hits a home run. Unbelievable season for Darren Ruff. Mike Ostremski gets a single. Lamonte Wade Jr. hits a sacrifice fly. So really not much else to talk about in this game. Uh, Anthony Discofani should be mentioned as just a solid pickup that the Giants got. They did not spend a lot of money on him. They did not portray a lot of prospects and a solid season for him finishing with 3.17 ERA. Was he a Cy Young guy? No. Was Did he have an incredible strikeout rate? No. In fact, since August 2nd, the most strikeouts he had was six, and he only had that once. Otherwise, he had three strikeouts in multiple games, five strikeouts in two games. Like, not a strikeout, wipeout guy, but great control for the most part and just doesn't give up runs, and that's where the the issues kind of arise for the Padres and Darren Ruff is another example of just this guy that they took a flyer on and it worked. You know what I'm saying? The giants have all these guys that just, it's just a well organized, well constructed, well adjusted, well uh, trained. I was looking for the right word, uh baseball team. And that's the thing about the, the giants that we should take note from is that heading into the season, I think a lot of people only thought, I mean, you could just tell this from heck. You could just tell us from your fantasy baseball draft. A lot of people just looked at it as like, Oh, yeah, Mike Yastrzemski is the only guy. It's like him and Gosman that you're going to want on this this team in terms of like fantasy relevance. And it turned out to be like, no, you Lamonte Wade was good for you. Brandon Crawford was good for you. Brandon Belt was good for you. Um, Darren Ruff was good for you. Um, who else was was good on the Giants this year? Everybody, like there was a plenty of good players. Disclafani probably gave you a spot start in there to help your ERA and stuff like that. So that really speaks volumes too. Um, the Padres inability to get anything out of some of their non-star players and develop guys. Um, but let's move on to Saturday's game since there's really not much else to say about that. Um, Saturday's game is the one win of the weekend. And like I said, not a coincidence that the offense this weekend, the only zero run output is the game that Manny Machado doesn't play uh, in this game. We get um, a single for Manny Machado in the top of the sixth inning that allows uh, Tatis to score. I'm sorry, Trent Grisham to score. And then May Machado also hits a sacrifice fly. And then the top of the 10th inning, a, a not a walk-off because it was in San Francisco, but a game-winning double from Sir Rake, Jake from Rake Farm, whatever you want to call it, uh, Mr. Jake Cronenworth, a double that allows Victor Caratini to score. Uh, very fun that Victor Caratini ends up being one of the guys to to get on base to kind of be the one our last win of the season with Victor Caratini. Um, Joe Musgrove in this one, five innings, only one earned run on three hits. That's the best part. Only three hits off of this really intimidating Giants lineup. Did not walk anybody, which is really great to see. I've talked about a lot that he can he can get the walks up there. It's very rare, but granted, he doesn't give up a lot of hits either. So he outweighs that. The fact that sometimes it's it's easy to avoid some of his pitch. Not easy, but like there's Joe Musgrove. He he's a very meticulous pitcher. You know what I mean? He's not always necessarily getting hit like nine hits a game. Uh, it's just like he gives up that one like kind of really big hit that uh, hitters kind of wait on. Sometimes the curveball hangs up in there a little bit too much, even though that is one of his best pitches. Um, but great final start from him. Ends his season with 3.18 ERA. He was very, very good um, throughout the whole stretch. And what I love about him is his stats in the first half, nearly identical to the stats uh, in the second half. Um, so just did not have a gigantic fall off the way that you Darvish did, did not have a gigantic fall off the way 
heck, everybody on the team basically did, the bullpen included. So love that from Joe Musgrove. And I was seeing some things circulating around Twitter about how he was being really honest about how he goes out there and plays so hard every day and what he's given for this team. Maybe is he marking himself to maybe get that extension? I don't know. That's going to be another storyline. Maybe this this uh, this offseason, that should be very interesting. Um, but man, uh, got to love Musgrove. You know what I mean? You have to. This guy pitched his heart out for this team. I mean, he gave us the best. He gave us the first no-hitter in franchise history. Um, and you just got to love the guy for that. I mean, he's, he's great. And I saw that like... Um, I think Tatis was talking to me. I could be wrong about this. Uh, a little bit of hectic, hectic weekend for me, but they were, he was saying like Joe Musgrove was a great locker room influence in these trying months. So love that. Love to hear that. And he performed like it. Unlike someone like Eric Hosmer, not to make this the Eric Hosmer bashing show, there is value to being a locker room presence for sure. But I don't like when it's locker room presence, but then they don't actually do anything on the field. It's like there comes a point. I'm not saying he's look. All I was asking, I, I remember talking with someone about this, like if he was David Fletcher, right? Solid player. You know what I mean? Like that, like a solid player. If he was Luis Urias of the Milwaukee Brewers, who we'll be talking about uh, a bunch over these next couple of weeks about that transgression trade, uh, then that's different. But like when you have like the lowest qualified war wins above replacements, lowest qualified defensive war uh, among qualified batters in baseball, especially among first basemen, there does come a point where I'm like, I kind of don't care about the locker room stuff because clearly it's not being reflected on the field. It, that's just how I view it, of course. Uh, if you're an, it's different, but like especially with what he's getting paid, uh, I don't really care that much about the Eric Hosmer uh, locker room presence stuff. It's good, but not when you're playing like constantly and you're getting paid this much money. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but nonetheless, the Padres do get a W there. Uh, but before we get into the last game. Uh, of the season for the Padres that did not go very well, admittedly. Uh, let's just talk about a couple things, though, that will make your life, your life at least, go well. I want to talk to you about a simple way to get the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream. It brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. Simply get your stuff together. With DirecTV Stream, you can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But that's not all. That's not all I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you about something very, very important, all right? It's an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas, so basically literally everybody, uh, needs to know about it. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas. I like that YouTube people. I hold up like this. I was like, I don't It's 25 There we go. $0.25 uh, cents. Hold on. $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. And if you download the GetUpside app on top of that, use the promo code baseball and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back whenever you do the old gasher fill up don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside and remember to use that promo code baseball ladies and gentlemen straight simple straightforward you listen to the baseball podcast there you go um and also guys remember just want to say shouts to you tuning into this thanks for making lockdown padres your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms now let's get to it next part let's talk about the last game of the season last game of the 2021 padres ends on extremely a padres note all right starting pitcher for the padres is reese kinnear um reese near 
however, uh, whichever way you pronounce it. I'm not totally sure. I've heard both. I've generally heard both. Um, Denelson Lamette also appears in this game. Reese is actually not terrible in this game. He does get tagged with a loss, but he gives up two earned runs over three innings pitch. It's not the worst thing in the world, uh, especially just on three hits. Uh, Denelson Lamette makes an appearance. And it's, it's funny because I actually had praised him over his start against the Dodgers. Looked pretty good. Did strike out two batters. Only one hit over two and a third's innings. Didn't give up any runs, which was great. But uh, in here, he gets absolutely destroyed. Um, 0.1 innings pitch, just one out. He gives up four earned runs on one hit. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, on one hit, on one hit. Uh, really, really, really tough day for the Padres. I mean, basically just runs all over the place uh, from the from the Giants. Buster Posey drives one in. Tommy Lastellas drives one in. Wilmer Flores, Lamate Wade Jr. hits a sacrifice. Buster Posey again. Logan Webb. That's right, Logan Webb. You guys know who Logan Webb is? He's the big breakout pitcher for the Giants in the second half, especially. Uh, he doesn't actually pitch his best game, though. He does give up six hits, uh, accounting for four runs uh, on the day. But he doesn't walk anybody. He strikes out eight. So probably one of his weaker starts, believe it or not, in a while. So shouts to the Padres for getting to him. But it didn't really matter because we only got four runs and then the Giants got 11. Uh, and a lot of that coming from Lamette, a lot of that com- coming from Nabil Krismat, who... You know, granted, we are at the end of the season, so I don't want to start dogging the guy, but he had a little bit of a bad end to his season. Basically, second half of September uh, onwards, basically. September 22nd onwards, he was not very good, despite being one of the few diamonds in the rough uh, that the Padres were able to get from that farm system and just random role players who really stepped up. Uh, Nabil Krismat was one of those, but he gets kind of hit today uh, quite a lot. Four earned runs over three innings pitched. Um, Again, not much to say. I've been praising Machado. He does get a sacrifice fly in this game. Uh, Victor Caratini drives one in. So does Grisham. And then so does Cronenworth to end the Padres season. Not much, too much, really all that remarkable there. I do want to just praise Manny Machado one more time and say this. Uh, I said at the beginning of the pod, the guy clearly played hard at the end of the season. On top of that whole moment with with Tatis, which I think most people, most Padres fans especially, I think are in agreement that, hey, if there's one guy who can have that moment of being like, Hey man, I'm the veteran here. Like here's, I got to tell you, like, it's not all about you, blah, 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 blah. It is Manny Machado. He's been here for a while. I know some people were saying, well, he used to be like that. So that's rich coming from that guy who used to get into all the unwritten rule things. It's like, well, that might be the thing is that he's telling him, don't be like how I was at the beginning. And he might have a point because Tatis was still getting frustrated at a call in a series that they need, by the way, this was a series against the Cardinals that like at the time the Padres were slowly like, they built a little bit of momentum because they won that Houston series, if you guys remember. So they're coming into the St. Louis series and they're like, maybe we can beat this team. Instead, they don't. You guys know the rest. The Cardinals end up winning, I think it was 28 games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was like it was like 56 games in a row. Okay. Uh, and then they end up getting that second wild card spot. Um, but man, Machado balled out. In September, just to look at his slash line for September, he deserves a lot of credit for finishing on the season strong. This was definitely not his fault. Uh, final slash line for September, if I could just get it. I can't find it all of a sudden. There we go. Uh, 303 average with a 364 on base, 515 slugging, OPS of 879. Not otherworldly, but certainly solid. Certainly, certainly solid and needs to be praised especially the BABIP is at 298, so you didn't get that unlucky. But um, uh, weighted on base was 368, if you guys care about that. WRC plus of 134, um, which is great. Uh, for those who don't know, WRC plus, a little bit of an advanced stat, but it really judges offensive kind of 
numbers. It, it's it's a good stat for measuring how much people have basically how much people create runs. And when you're at 100, that means you're a pretty good average player. And then every percentage above that is really good. When you're at like the 30s and 40s and especially 50s and 60s, that's when you're like a, a really, really star caliber player. And uh, Tatis was certainly that in terms of the totality of this year. His final numbers on the season batting 284 with a 366 on base, 615 slugging, 615 slugging. That's the big thing with him, finishing with a 154 WRC plus, wins above replacement of 6.3. If you're curious about May Machado, these are all according to Fangraphs, by the way. He finishes with 4.5, and a big part of that is his defense's defensive rating anyway. It was very positive, 6.9 this year. Jay Cronworth right behind um, those two uh, with a 4.3 wins above replacement for the year. And I think one good thing about um, those three is that I don't think they're going anywhere. Now it gets dark after that. Only a 2.1 war from Trent Grisham this year. That's definitely very disappointing, especially considering that he's supposed to be a great defender. But uh, he was just a good defender this year. That's one thing that was disappointing by Grisham. We're going to talk about him more in the future. But uh, basically, you know, uh, that kind of sums it up. This was a very we thought this team was about depth. And instead, it really was. I mean, Hassan Kim finishing with a, a 69 uh, WRC plus, I believe. Yes, yeah, 69. So he's 31% worse, if I did my numbers correctly, than the average offensive player, which isn't great. Now his defense is good. His defense is quite good, actually. Uh, it's the only reason he has any positive war whatsoever. But uh, some of the other guys in this lineup, obviously, the fact that Oh my God, where even is he? I can't even find Eric Hosmer on fan graphs right now. That's how bad it was. Oh, I wait, I literally can't find him. Where are his numbers? I just saw him. Yeah, Eric Hosmer, 18th on the Priorities and War, a zero. So he didn't finish negative, but he finished with a zero war. Uh, and a lot of that coming from just some bad base running, atrocious defense. And granted, I know that it's hard to judge kind of defense when it comes to players, especially with advanced stats, especially so we matter how much. We, we wonder how much the first base defense matters. It's a little bit weird, but if you guys watch Padres baseball this year, you remember when Kim was throwing the ball to him and he, for some reason, didn't run the first base immediately. You remember when he gobbled the ball that ended up leading to a home run. You remember when he had this drop in the, in the infield. He looked like a clown sometimes on defense. Like, this isn't just, like, some stuff that he can't reach. Like, he, it's, a, it's a tough throw, and he tries to do scoop. No, it's every conceivable way that Eric Hosmer was pretty bad. Again, not to make this the Eric Hosmer bash show, but it needs to be brought up because we are – in fact, talking about the totality of the season. And speaking of the totality of the season, there was a report that came out. Uh, I believe it was on Friday. Am I, am I mistaken? Was it, on, was it on Friday when that came out? It was basically from uh, John Heyman, who basically had reported that uh, Jay Singler's out, uh, basically. And the Padres organization came out and basically issued kind of a statement about that, saying we have not decided this is premature. That's the key word, that this is premature um, to say. Uh, whether or not we have not talked about it per uh, this is from Dennis Lynn, the tweet per AJ player, no decision has been made on Jace Tingler's employment status at this time. A Padres spokesperson says Heyman's report is completely premature. He will be managing our game today. That is referring to Saturday's game. Now, I don't want to just I know it's kind of for people who are familiar with like baseball Twitter and people who are on baseball Twitter uh, and kind of the media folks on there, not to bash. I don't like bashing media people because I think they're, doing their best a lot of the times and i think they're severely underpaid and overworked but that's a topic for a different podcast uh i I think that there's probably a decent amount of legitimacy to it i don't want to think that's total bs but in terms of it being right now 
yeah, it was a little bit premature. But granted, they're not going to confirm that. They probably didn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably he has some sources behind the scenes that are telling you, yeah, this is going to happen. And it doesn't surprise any of us. Um, I saw a lot of people excited, a lot of people happy, uh, just in terms of the Padres realms uh, of Twitter that I'm on. And, you know, while I wish I could be, you know, jumping up and down like my buddy Luffy right here, you know, jumping and flying in the air like, oh, we're so excited that Jace Tingler's gone. My thing is still like, all right, well, who's going to be the replacement? I expect him to be fired. That probably is going to come sometime this week. My intrigue. Hey, I'm recording this Sunday night. I'm wondering if by the time I wake up tomorrow, we hear an announcement that he's been fired because they fired Laird Rothschild seemingly out of the blue. They got rid of Sam Ganey, farm director. Like there's a lot of pins that are going to fall on from people that I've talked to uh, personally. Like they say, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of upheaval uh, in the Padres organization for sure. Uh, at least that's what for, from what I'm hearing. Um, it depends. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of the free agency market. I don't know what they're going to do totally in the offseason, but that's something to keep an eye on is how many people are are gotten rid of. And here's what I will warn you guys about is this just because Chase Tingler is gone. Let's keep in mind the guy who brought him there. This will be the fifth manager. Now that AJ Preller has dismissed. It gets to a point where you can't just keep blaming the manager every year. And I, I didn't love Jay Tingler. I thought a lot of his decisions were weird, especially keeping Blake Snell in for that one Dodgers game. Remember that the one that went 16 innings and then he kept him in, even though he's at 122 pitches. I was like, this is odd. Um, it, it just felt weird. I know the bullpen was a little bit taxed, but still, that was that's a lot of pitches, man. You don't have anybody, anybody, uh, not even my my guy Miguel Diaz from Cobra Kai. I mean, come on. Uh, but anyway, before we kind of uh, talk one last time about the weekend and Jace Tingler and the future of this podcast and what have you for this final segment, guys, I need to talk to you about something that's actually positive for once, right? These are the greatest protein bars in all. The lens, ladies and gentlemen, they are, of course, the protein bars. Uh, what I love about them is they've got a great variety of flavors, coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, grasshopper cookie, Rocky Road, birthday cake. They got all sorts of flavors. That's what I love about them and new flavors coming out all the time for whatever your kind of sweet tooth slash mood is and whatnot and on top of just tasting good covering 100 chocolate they're also healthy for you they are protein bars after all guys 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy and here is my offer just for you guys for listening to this podcast go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order remember that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built dot com 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 um so yeah uh that, that was a weird way to outro from that advertisement uh, but anyway guys uh let's kind of wrap this bad boy up let's finish the podcast by just talking about a couple things first of all i want to shout out the wild card stuff it was incredible uh this wild card weekend sunday the fact that it came down to one last day personally i was a little bit sad about the result i wanted the we believe kind of mariners with their belief signs from ted lasso uh to win i don't know if you guys saw saturday's game when ty france or i'm sorry not ty france when um was it ty france no mitch hanniger came up with that huge base hit uh that ended up you know keeping them alive and they ended up winning that game i wanted them to win it was a big uphill battle for them they did lose though on sunday and then the yankees and red sox won effectively eliminating them the yankees and red sox will be playing on i believe this is let me see is it wednesday that they play i think it is wednesday no it's yankees uh red sox is tuesday wild card game that's gonna be fun i have to admit just as a 
baseball watcher. I do admit that the Yankees Red Sox rivalry is interesting. It is at Fenway Park, so we'll see if that is a big advantage for them. I don't know. But alas, we'll have to see how that pans out. A lot of crap talking is going to go on Twitter for sure. And then we've got on Wednesday, the other wild card game. This is the one positive. This is the one positive that we could take away from this weekend, guys. The Padres losing actually helped the Giants. And I think we're all in agreement. I think we're all, nobody, nobody do any hatred of me for saying that I like the Giants and that I have no beef with them. Uh, them winning against the Padres. They win the NL West. Just an absolutely nuts division this year, resulting in a wild card game for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are arguably, arguably the best team in baseball. Uh, really, just in terms of when you look at their their roster construction, uh, they've been a little bit better in the second half, especially when it comes to starting pitchers, uh, ERA, and what have you. And especially in terms of offense, I've noticed. But I think it's their bullpen a little bit. I don't trust that Dodgers bullpen, though. So I'm not saying it's impossible that the Dodgers lose uh, win. But, like, look, that Cardinals team has a, a crazy magic to it. I would love it. Do you know how happy I'd be if a 40-year-old Adam Wainwright beats a $700 million roster in the Dodgers? There's a, a bunch of other reasons that I don't want to necessarily get into right now that I'm rooting against the Dodgers. I think you guys... Uh, who have been listening to a long time probably know my feelings about how that team has operated within the last year, I guess you might say. Um, so I'd love that. That would be absolutely incredible. I would love that. But And it is true that a 106-win team, it is kind of dumb that they're playing in a wild card. I get it. Part of me thinks, you know, this is just how the cookie crumbles every now and then. It's not like every single year you have a division like this where it's a 107-win team and a 106-win team in the same division. That's very, very rare. But even still, it kind of it kind of stinks in a sport like baseball where, like, you go through that much. You know what I mean? I think that's the key. Because, like, you could say in football, it's like, well, 16 games that happen to just crumble this way. Like, what can I say? Uh, but for you to go that long, that many days spent and for it to come up, so when you know that the Atlanta Braves should be the team in this, the the friggin' um uh what's their faces? Um honestly, a whole lot of team, every team in, in in baseball practically compared to them. Uh so that's that's what I think is kind of uh the sad part about all this. Granted, um, I will say that the the finale of Sunday was cool. It was exciting. I wish that the Mariners had won. I wish the Blue Jays had won. I actually think that the Blue Jays are the team that would have been a more fun playoff team than Seattle, but Seattle was the more fun story if they just had made it. I don't care if they lost the wildcard game immediately, but Seattle winning with such a weird roster with a team that just kept winning baseball games, whether or not the advanced stats liked it, whether or not you can't even name one starting pitcher on that team, aside from like Marco Gonzalez is the only thing I can think of and Justice Sheffield. I, I know nothing about the Mariners starting pitching. It's incredible. Uh, Tyler Anderson did not club, come up clutch with them uh, on that Sunday. But nonetheless, uh, RIP to that Seattle Mariners team. Very sad. The longest drought playoffs in baseball does not end. It is still going. And I hope that that's a positive for Mariners fans. They have a lot of people coming up in that system. That should be good. Jared Kalenic started heating up. He's a top-level prospect over the last uh, kind of month. He started heating up a whole lot more, especially with runners in scoring position. So hopefully they've got a lot to love. And I really do think that that Blue Jays team would have been so much more fun in the playoffs. I think the the combo of Robbie Ray, you know, Alec Manoa, uh, Hyunjin Ryu, I actually think is pretty solid too. Um, and, and Jose Barrios, like I actually think they would have really been a dangerous team. And this thing's, I think, a little bit more dangerous than teams like the Yankees and Red Sox, especially the Red Sox. Red Sox don't have anyone in that bullpen. 
So if I had to guess, if the Yankees did win, it's going to be a bullpen thing. I think someone comes in for the Yank- the Red Sox, whether it be Whitlock or Garrett Richards or whoever the heck it is, uh, comes in and then it just blows the game. You know what I mean? They just do not have p- re- relief pitchers that you can rely on. And with the Yankees lineup, granted, they can go on Tuesday and go one for 16 and strike out 15 times and not score at all and lose, but they could also hit you hard. So I'm really curious to see how that unfolds. But in terms of the Padres, again, with this Jace Singler thing, I just want to caution everybody. Uh, again, no one gave me any flack for this, by the way, but like I, people have been talking about Ron Washington as a potential fit. I think that'd be problematic and potentially harmful. I think that sports has been really, really toxic over the last year, especially with some of its hiring practices, baseball included. Uh, baseball, you look at the situation with the Mets and you know Jared Porter, Mickey Calloway, and all these guys have been around the sport. Uh, Ron Washington has a whole lot of baggage. I talked about this on Friday's episode, so keep that in mind. Um, would he be a good fit? Potentially, yes. Uh, I actually like Buck Showalter a tiny bit more, just a tiny bit, because the Rangers thing ended poorly for uh, for for our guy Ron Washington. I, I just think that like with Showalter, it was more like okay, it was like this the roster was slowly falling apart. You know what I mean? And, and granted, that did happen with Texas too, but hey, there were there were some really big games in the World Series and whatnot. So I don't know, but uh, and I think that that piece in the Athletic, which we talked about extensively on Friday, I actually think holds a lot of weight when it comes to Bochi. Bochi does not strike me as a guy that is going to come out of retirement so he can work with the micromanager that is AJ Preller. So I'm really curious to see about that. I imagine like, uh, don't like the reason I'm not talking about the Jay Singler thing too much this year, uh, this episode is just because we're probably going to get an announcement soon. And that's probably, I'm going to title it, you know, the SEO power of what I just hired Jay Singler fired by the Padres. We've got a lot of stuff, but I have to admit guys, like for the next couple weeks, I'm going to be talking about a lot of playoff stuff. Uh, because that's what's happening in baseball, how it reflects on the Padres. I'm going to be comparing teams to the Padres and what they did right versus um, what the Padres did wrong. I'm going to be talking with other hosts of the Lockdown Network about like, you know, other hosts that are in the playoffs for sure. I do want to talk to them, but they're very busy. So I'm going to more so try and talk to a bunch of the hosts for teams that did not make the playoffs and teams that had a big collapse, such as Jeff Carr of Lockdown reds uh gonna be talking with him on tomorrow's episode hopefully we are recording uh when you're watching this and listening to this it's today that we're recording so we're gonna be talking about that because i think that it's amazing because at first it was supposed to just be the padres and reds like everybody thought this is padres reds phillies maybe uh unless they can take over their division and whatnot and it ended up becoming absolutely not that it just became the Cardinals and the Padres fell apart. So I just want to talk to him about how at one point we thought it was one of these two teams. And then it just absolutely did not become that the Reds didn't have as much of a nuclear fall off as the Padres did, but they were still very disappointing and they had a lot of winnable games. So you could argue they're a little bit more frustrating in that respect where it's like you see your biggest competition absolutely falling apart. And then you can't beat teams like the Pirates consistently. Like, that's pretty bad. They kind of had a little bit of that Padres thing going when we couldn't beat the Rockies and whatnot. So going to be talking about that and also going to be experimenting. I'm going to reach out to a bunch of other you know writers that I like, uh, talking about baseball stuff, talking about their thoughts on the playoffs. Maybe if they have an outside perspective about the Padres, because I love outsider perspectives from people, because I often find in life people who aren't necessarily as attached to singularly as not. And biased isn't the right word for this, but like, it technically is correct to say as biased as like myself because I cover this team, but people who can just come in a little bit more blind and can be a little bit more objective because uh, I actually think sometimes it can help uh, when you're not as close to the team as someone like myself. So I really want to reach out to those people. That should be fun. Uh, talking about power rankings for the playoffs. We're going to be doing that. Um, yeah, it's it's good. And again, let me just wind down by saying this. 
uh, final Padres game of the season. Look, I've been complaining a lot throughout the whole man about basically last two months I've been complaining and I've been talking about, you know, I'm still happy about doing this on YouTube and all that stuff and how this Padres team made me miserable and that I've in a lot of ways, just football has just been so good to me lately, especially with fantasy. I won again, by the way, it's four and in my main league, uh, going to be three and one in my second league. Um, Shouts to my guy, Debo Samuel. Uh, it's just, I'm still so grateful for this opportunity. And I'm so happy that some of you even enjoy whatever the heck I do. You enjoy my dumb mannerisms, doing the robot, doing this. I can't do the stinky leg on camera right now, but like, you know, doing all my weird stuff, wearing my Taco Bell shirt. Yes, that's right. That is what I'm currently wearing right now. Uh, just being able to cover this team, hopping on Spotify green room, stuff like that. And chatting with you guys. Uh, about all sorts of Padres stuff. That was really fun if anybody caught that on Saturday uh, when we did those things. And we'll be doing those, by the way, throughout the playoffs. That should be fun, too. We'll have some some rubes for sure. Maybe during these wild card games, I'd love to do that. Maybe during the Dodgers game, to be honest with you, because I'm rooting hard for the Cardinals. Uh, but I'm so grateful. This opportunity, genuinely, it started with just uh, our coordinator on the MLB channel for Locked On, uh, Sean Woodley, just posting a tweet. And I saw it through a retweet of somebody else that had randomly followed me. So I followed them back uh, through fan sided. Actually, if you guys are just wondering on the, the kind of inner machinations of how this all came to be. Um, and he just retweeted it and I saw it and I was like, Hey, I miss doing radio in college. That was a lot of fun. I liked being a, a personality, whatever the heck that means, even if I'm a good one or not, I enjoyed talking about stuff and I figured out hey, what the heck, let me get into this. And then I saw the teams that were available. I was like, Hey, I've been following the Padres a little bit lately. Let me get more deep into the team. And I go there and all of a sudden it's YouTube. It's leading to a literal website that I write for. That is a big thing. Uh, going to be writing some more stuff about that soon. In fact, I'm going to be talking about the top 10 most tra- or top eight depending on how many I think of the most tragic moments specifically of the 2021 Padres last year, I did top 10 most awesome moments, actually did top 20 moments of the Padres season. You know, we had all sorts of weird ones. Like when uh, I think Austin Nola threw out two runners in his first game behind catcher, like everything, we broke it down really in every minute detail. And we're going to be doing that uh, for tragedies. You guys could probably guess what the top t- two or three are going to be but nonetheless it's going to be so much fun going to be writing that for just baseball and then talking about it uh here on this podcast so for the fact that i'm a big part of this big website that has a lot of backing behind it the fact that i just have more opportunities i have more visibility like on twitter like not to be that guy everyone if you want to roll your eyes no problem i get it but like the, the verified mark you know what i mean like that's so weird to me to see that and a lot of it is because you guys listen to this podcast you help me out you help my career and i'm just happy that you enjoy it even in the slightest even if it is a miserable season you know i i try to make my rants funny i try to actually all the time how i'm turning into the joker and you know i i just it's again it's unbelievable and while this season was obviously not as genuinely like like Fantasia, like a dream of 2020 with Slam Diego. Slam Diego died in 2021. You know what I'm saying? Like that might be the title of today's episode. It's the the year that Slam Diego died. Um, nah, I'm gonna save that one. That's too good. But like, you get what I'm saying, right? Where it was not nearly as good. It was. It started off great. I still remember it so etched in my mind when I was on my DC trip with my friends. First time I'd see people in person in a while. I hold that moment deep to my heart, but I'm still watching my Padres game and Tatis hits the the home run. Oh, it's onto the track. That's my favorite moment of the year, honestly, for the Padres. That was awesome. And, you know, it obviously, it, it was bad after that. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was really, really bad, but I'm so happy to be covering this team and I cannot wait to talk about the offseason because 
similar to last offseason, I genuinely think it's going to be a big one. Uh, in fact, I think it might be a bigger one. Actually, I was a lot more um, tepid. I was a lot more cautious entering the offseason last year. I just thought that it was really exciting to see what they might do. But now it's like it's a little there's like some dark stuff that could happen. We could have a lot of people fired. We can have a lot of big trades happen. I know people are throwing a fit because of the the suggestion of trading Manny Machado, but we're going to talk about all that. And I assure you there's going to be news. Maybe not every day because there's no more Padres baseball, but there will be news. And I cannot wait to cover it with you guys. And I hope you enjoy hearing me talk about it and whatnot here watching me talk about it if you're watching on youtube so yeah really appreciate it guys uh always a blast love this team it's genuinely changed my life not to be super dramatic or anything like that but it really has and on you guys too so shouts to you guys but before we officially wrap up this episode again thank you for making lockdown Padres your first listen every day now make your second listen locked on mlb paul francis Sullivan. but please Tom Sullivan brings you his unique perspective on the majors, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. He's going to be talking about the playoffs. He's going to be having a bunch of people on his show to talk about the playoffs. Go check it out. So he's a good guy. Um, And yeah, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter, which is at Javapeno. You can see me pointing to it if you're watching the YouTube, which is Lockdown Padres on YouTube. If you're an audio listener, I have the description in the podcast. You can check that out or at LO underscore Padres on Twitter. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate that. Maybe with a question, and I will definitely answer it on the show. Be nice, be kind, be kind, rewind. Uh, Yeah, and until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies. Take care. Bam. Bam.